Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now right packs christmas edition Oh, Jason, we finally uh, we finally got rid of those those crazy Brits that were in here. Yeah, they were making things real problematic. And a one, two, crack. Lovely, oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. How's your father? Oh, you're bringing him back. Oh, <laughs> hey. hey, it's Christmas Eve. It is Christmas Eve. I hope we uh, I hope we get through this whole Christmas Eve without being visited by some sort of apparition. That would be ridiculous, Brendan. Because mm. ghosts aren't real. You're right. Anyway, so let's talk about this week's movie. Jason! Did you hear that? I did hear that. What is that? Oh my god! Hello. Alistair Sim? Well, certainly you might think that it was Alistair Sim, but in point of fact, it is actually the ghost of Christmas past. Oh, spirit, spare me! And I know it is rather ironic that I, Alistair Sim, am in fact the ghost of Christmas past, given what this episode will most certainly be about. It is kind of weird that you chose this week to show up, but uh, why are you here, spirit? Well, number one, it's Christmas, and this is basically when I do all of my good work. Uh, second of all is that you, uh, Brendan, Brendan Wall, are a terrible person, and I've come to uh, show you the error of your ways. <laughs> what, what have I done that's so bad? Well, let's take a look. Oh, a good sound effect there. You see, this is you when you were a boy at five, and you had received your first crash test dummies car. Look at you. Look at your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't you see what's wrong with it? I, I mean, I think I think I look happy. Uh. Well, you would think that, but if you look closely, you'll see that you're actually quite depressed because you did not get the crash test dummy's truck that flipped over that you so, so wanted. Well, I mean, I was five years old. Yes, and you were a very stupid five-year-old boy. Well, I mean, now I would be happy getting a crash Let's test Let's look dummies. at your life as a teenager. Was this when I got a crash test dummy CD? Well, if you look, uh, you'll see it's a Christmas morning and you're 15 and you're mm-hmm. sitting under the tree. Mm-hmm. And what are you holding in your hand? Is that a carrot? That is a carrot, yes. Okay. And then you had, as you had stated, you had wanted a crash test dummy CD, mm-hmm, which you had mm-hmm. not received. Uh, the, you were not given the crash test dummy CD by, because even by that point, they were long since out of fashion. Yeah. I did get a carrot, though. You did get that Can you carrot. blame me for being angry? Well, your eyes are, uh, are quite, quite functional, and I ascribe that to the carrot. Okay, fair enough. 
But as you can see, you've been a terrible person, so you need to rethink uh, your life. I mean, based on the comedy rule of three and the fact that I'm not convinced yet, I think we should see one more flashback. Uh, you want one more. He wants one more flashback, ladies and gentlemen. Well, all right, let's give him another flashback. Blue, blue, blue. This is you at 25. You're sitting under the Christmas tree. Look mm-hmm. at your face. What are you holding? Oh, is that what I think it is? It is what you think it is. Is that a dildo? It is a dildo. Yeah, I don't I don't remember asking for it, but I No, you didn't. What you did ask for was a rotating special edition dildo, and instead your poor your poor mother, for all she's worth, she got you just a regular old fashioned dildo, and you can see the disappointment in your face. Look look closely, you see it? I mean Hey, listen, I, I very specifically said what I wanted, and I didn't get it. Well, unfortunately, that makes you a terrible person. Uh, what about Jason? Has he done anything? No, he's absolutely perfect. I wouldn't say a bad word about him. He's a good fellow. Well, thank you very much, Alistair. It's the spirit of Christmas past. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Lieutenant Colonel Spirit of Christmas past. Thank you very much. Now, you must know that you have to be... Uh, 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 Introduced to other things, too. So I imagine there'll be other spirits, probably, that will come along. But you understand that you're a terrible person, right? I mean, I... I sure? That's all I needed to hear. I gotta go. But uh, uh, there'll probably be somebody here later. Uh, have a nice day. Okay. Are you taking your jetpack? You'd think a ghost would need to take a jetpack. I think he just likes having a jetpack. I mean, fair. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. He was a real nice guy, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, real nice. Real <laughs> li- I liked him a lot. I, I, I liked that uh, that bit of self-reflection he forced me to do. Yeah, well, you, you, you'll really think about things now, I think. I mean, Jason, I think it's going to be a whole new path for me. All right. Anyway, yeah, asshole, this is a podcast. It is. It's called For Scream. And Gondry. And it's a very special Christmas edition of Bright Packs. Yeah, I think we heard that at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, I guess people aren't... Uh, witness to this but jason may have done 378 takes with us look we got to get it right that's all i'm saying i'm a perfectionist when it comes to this sort of thing he's stanley kubrick to that's the right. opening <laughs> but um you know as they say uh holly jolly christmas merry christmas happy hanukkah joyous kwanzaa happy festivus to the rest of us and a very solemn ramadan mm-hmm Jason, normally on this podcast, what do we do? We would go through the British Film Institute's top 100 uh, films of what I have to imagine are the 20th century. What kind of films? British films Mm -hmm. of a British nature. Mm -hmm. And British financing, mostly. Mm, Yeah. Well, yeah, most of the time. Most of the time. There's usually a little bit of Yankee money in there somewhere, but... (laughs) Yankee money. Yeah. Sounds like... It sounds like it should be racist. But it's not. It's not. (laughs) It's just just making fun of Americans and that. If, if, If there's one thing that should be made fun of... Made funnable? Made fun. The world is Americans. Well, I wish I went and were a bit more certain. There you go. <laughs> Better call my friends at Halliburton. That's some political humor for you from 2001. Cheers. Now located in Walton, Nova Scotia, for all your ammunition disposal needs. Mm-hmm. Can they see this? They can't see your thumbs up, no. Oh, okay. Well, it's up. It's up. Jason, that isn't what we normally do. But this is a special Christmas edition. We're still in Brit Picks. Is this movie on the list? It is not on the list. Because oh, there's no Christmas movies on the list? No Christmas movies on the list. There's, uh, I guess Oliver Twist is sort of close-ish. I guess Christmas happens in that movie, does it? Yeah. Maybe, does it? I, I don't, don't know. I haven't know. seen it. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, exactly. There's two of them. <laughs> we'll we'll so, get to know it very well. Yeah. <laughs> Musically and spoken. And then when we do the remakes episode, I'm sure there's another version we can watch. Um, I think I'm good with two of them. <laughs> so I don't think we need to watch another one unless it's Oliver and Company from Disney. I'd watch that. Okay. Well, maybe. We'll see what happens. 
But what we're talking about this week is a Christmas film called Scrooge. Ba ba ba. Not a Christmas Carol. No. Scrooge, which we'll get into, but let's listen to Scrooge. I played that for such a long time as I kind of speaks to this movie as a whole is that it starts with this very like hark the herald angels sing into very macabre and sinister music yeah and and I'm sure we'll talk about this but this whole movie is shot like a horror movie so yeah yeah so that um I mean I mean I just I guess I'll just get this out of the way right away because this movie Scrooge of course one of the uh approximately 10 million versions of a Christmas carol that are out Mm -hmm. there absolutely uh this movie was supposed to be a have a huge opening in America like this had a big premiere night planned this Mm. was expected to be like a big like uh I don't want to say kids movie but it's a family movie yeah um, at the last minute, they pulled the plug on it. They said, this is too grim for a kid's movie, and we will not be doing this. So they, they changed the location to a smaller location, smaller theater. Yeah. And it was basically a bomb in the U.S. Mm. Um, a huge hit in Britain, one of the biggest movies of 1951. But in the U.S., it was a flop. Unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, it became a television staple for many years. Yes, well, like so many movies, no doubt due to public domain laws and such things. Well, it's funny because... It's also great. I had never seen this. Yeah, I, me I'm neither. I'm sure you hadn't. And when I watched this, Mariah was kind of glancing up every once in a while, and she said, oh, I saw this on TV like eight times. Yeah. So she didn't <laughs> think she'd seen it either, but then she's like, no, this is the one they always show. Yeah, it is a classic for sure. For some reason, I just never caught it when it was on... Uh, when it was on TV, I guess it was too busy, I don't know, Miracle on 34th Street and like Gremlins or something. <laughs> and and uh, It's a Wonderful Life for the millionth time. And Die Hard. Let's spend the next hour debating if it's a Christmas movie. Because that is, nobody else has talked about that before right. us. No, nobody. Let's talk about it. Let's break it down. So the movie stars John McClane. <laughs> stars John McClane. He's the actor. He plays a character named Bruce Willis. What's the, what's the fucking line? Fucking California. In California, go, she said, come see the kids, have a vacation. (laughs) I feel like a TV dinner. (laughs) Now I know know what a TV dinner feels like. Now I know what a TV dinner feels like. So Jason, what is your background on A Christmas Carol? Like, which ones have you seen? Well, that's the thing. I don't even really know. I just know I have seen many over the years because everybody's done A Christmas Carol uh, at various times. I know Disney probably has done one. I'm sure Warner Brothers has done one. I know I've seen all the cartoon ones at various points. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one, the only specific one that sticks out in my head out of them all because it's so silly is the Black Adder uh, Christmas Carol where uh, Scrooge starts off as a super nice guy and then turns into an asshole by the end of it. (laughs) But But I know the story. Like I say, I've seen the story done a million times in various things over the years but like i don't know that i ever actually saw a complete like film version of it until this one i must have seen i must have seen like a standard a pretty standard one well, at some right, point the, definitely the disney one now that i think for that, context. yeah because obviously uncle scrooge is from that i've He's, definitely seen that yeah 
And then I've seen Muppets Christmas Carol. I don't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the uh, Jim Carrey one from like 10 years ago. There was a Jim Carrey Christmas Yeah, Carol? it was a weird, like it's got like the Polar Express animation oh, style. yeah. It's not good. Hmm. It's not great. It's very slow and it's very strange. And it's, no. Hmm. no nothing against Jim Carrey. Just not very good. No. So I've never seen this one, Alistair Sim. And I mean, often this movie is heralded as a great movie. Hmm. And Alistair Sim is kind of heralded as the definitive Scrooge. Hmm. And I'm going to say right off the bat, as far as the definitive Scrooge thing, yeah, yeah, I'm, really, I'm on board. I mean, before him, in my mind, the definitive Scrooge was Uncle Scrooge. But now that I've seen Alistair Sim do the role, it's like, oh no, clearly he's Scrooge. He is like, but he is like who I think of when I think of Scrooge. And he, never having even seen this yeah. movie, just looking at him, I'm like, oh, this is who every Scrooge is modeled yeah. after. His his face is that 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 look is so iconically burned into society with the hair and the hat, and the big eyes, the big eyes, absolutely, the the, the 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 overbite. I guess those silent film style takes he's so good at doing. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, this is, this is a movie that comes out in 1951. Again, it's very grim. It's not, uh, war rationing still going on. Remember from our, uh, episode about, uh, what movie was that? Passport Uh, to Pimlico. Passport to Pimlico. At this point, war rationing is still happening. And this was before Bells of St. Trinian's too, by about three years. Was it that? I thought St. Trinian's was like late forties. I believe it was 1954, Mm. but I could be wrong. This is a movie, Jason. Mm. It's very dark. Mm. You said it's shot like a horror movie. It is. I, it really is. And I want to talk about um, kind of just the, uh, the, the, the the design of the movie. Because, I mean, we heard the score mm. at the beginning. Like, Hark the, Her- Hark the Herald Angels Sing going right into this very dark music. And everything for, like, I'd say almost the entire movie is lit in dark shadows. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, the music is either very macabre or there's no music and you hear the wind. Mm. You hear a lot of wind. Good use of sound effects and such. Very like good fully. use of sound. Yeah. yeah. It, it almost feels like, I, I don't know what the budget for this was, but I feel like for 1951, this was probably a sizable budget. I mean, we had some like some decent special effects too. I mean, we moment, so mm. we obviously you know everybody. Should we even just barely go over this? I mean, it's Scrooge. Yeah, let's, is, let's quick rundown if you've never seen a Christmas Carol. So Scrooge is an asshole. He's a miser. He doesn't like spending any more money than he has to on anything, and he doesn't want to let. He, he of course he gets angry at his employee Cratchit for God forbid wanting the day off to spend it with his family and his sick son Tiny Tim. Yeah, and he re- presents his nephew uh, Fred. Yeah. And he's a very unhappy man. And basically, his old partner Jacob Marley died seven years ago mm-hmm. on this day. On this very day. And then later, of course, he gets visited by Jacob Marley's ghost, who says, "You're going to be visited by three spirits: the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas yet to come." And throughout that, that uh, those three visits, he kind of revisits his past. Learns about you learn about how he became so crotchety. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he has a complete breakthrough, and he turns into a, a good fella. Yeah, and, and, of course, has the famous, you know, running running around the house and being like, what day is it? Why, it's Christmas Day. Like, that that sort of thing that we know from that, uh, from every single version we've seen of this over the years, whether it is a parody or a straight remake. Mm-hmm. Um, or a gay remake. Or a gay remake. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's the classic Christmas story, and it's one of those things that, like, watching this movie right out of the gate... I was struck by how old-fashioned it seemed, but then as it went on, I'm like, oh no, this is still relevant mm-hmm. in modern days. I mean, like, because Scrooge is going on like, I don't want to, doesn't want to pay for coal for the office to keep it warm. He, you know, is pinching, 
pinching pennies at every opportunity. He is, you know, he doesn't want to pay workers anything. Like he's, he is a representation of what capitalism still is. Like I kind of like how much they push that idea of him being like a penny pincher. Mm. I, th- I feel like they do it a lot more in this version. Yeah, like you even have him in a restaurant, uh, getting eating bread, yeah. eating like free, almost free bread, saying yeah. like. A more bread, and he's like, "That's a half penny more." And he's like, "Never mind, no more bread." Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, and it, it's it's something that if you were to encounter that sort of person today, they would probably be considered mentally ill to some extent. Like mm-hmm. if, if you're, because the idea of saving so much money that you then never spend or never enjoy or never do anything with it kind of defeats the purpose of having money in the first place if you're not going to use it for anything. <laughs> Since Scrooge, like I imagine any capitalist at that time, was not, you know, he didn't necessarily have stocks, you know, stocks of hard currency like gold bars and shit. He probably had like, you know, notes and coins and those are only worth what people agree that they're worth. Right. And you have, so you have, uh, I think the main difficulty in this movie, in this, in telling any version of the story is that you have to spend a lot of time with Scrooge. Yeah. And he's a, a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> he's a son of a bitch. He is. And it's tough to have a main character that's so unlikable. Mm. So, I mean, even early in the movie, I feel like they give him a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of leeway. So you have this opening scene where uh, one of the opening scenes are Cratchit. Bob Cratchit wants yeah. uh, is trying to get Christmas Day off. And, you know, Scrooge is like, I suppose you'd be wanting Christmas Day off. It's, yes, it is a burden to me. Whatever. Just take the whole day off. Yeah, just being like, so pa- not even passive aggressive, just outwardly aggressive about yeah. it. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, he budged a tiny bit. Yeah. So we can kind of get a little closer to his character. Well, and and, and I, fe- I have not read the original book, so forgive me. Uh, but You're forgiven. But I do understand that there are some modifications made for this version. And, and in, in this way, I think we do get a better idea of Scrooge's kind of how he became how he is and also we sympathize a little bit more with him because we can see where he came from because we see we see him as a young man and he's actually a pretty nice guy as a young man played by George Cole by the way our old friend from the Bells of St. Trinians doing a fantastic job playing young Alistair yeah, Sim like, I really bought into that performance I and I did not think of one second of Flash Harry as character no. from Bells of St. Trinians no, so, like, so, so different completely different performance wasn't until I looked uh, afterwards like oh shit George Cole nice and I mean, it makes sense because during that movie discussion, of course, we talked about how he kind of studied under Alistair Sim, mm-hmm. took him under his wing. So, I mean, this would have made sense that they worked on this film together. Absolutely. And they'd already had a rapport. Yes. Um, Even though they don't share any scenes because of the same character. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of there, sort of, in the same shot sometimes. But, mm. yeah, they don't. They don't interact. No. Um, even even weird for this movie. <laughs> but uh, But as we see him get older, we see him going into business and he meets a character that was created for this version of the movie, a Mr. Jorkin. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Jorkin is obviously now, as a young man, uh, Scrooge is working for Mr. Fezziwig, who's a quite benevolent boss. He's a boss who believes, you know, that making money isn't, you know, ultimately what it's about. He wants to provide good work for his employees. He wants to treat them well. Uh, but uh, uh, Mr. Uh, what is it? Jonig? Jonking? Jonking? Jorkin? Mr. Jorkin. Right. I just said it. Mr. Jorkin comes to Scrooge. He's like, hey, you want to make some real money? Come work for me. <laughs> like, this guy, you know, he's, he's nice and everything, but we could be making way more much money. You know, way yeah. more much money, way more much money. I was actually surprised to learn that this is not in the book. Is yeah. that he's he's basically corrupted by this guy, Mr. Jorkin. Yeah. And from that point on, he's kind of that leads the philosophy of like... Everybody's going to screw you in the end. Yeah. So, so you better stay ahead of the game. Take what you can get because they'll take it at first. I mean, he, 
he even kind of screws over Mr. Jorkin in a way. No, well, yeah, because he, sort he, of he, he kind of bails Marley, him out. Well, yeah, kind of. He and Mar- he and Jacob Marley kind of take over the business when yep. he's when he's embezzling funds. Yeah, they find out that Mr. Jorkin has been embezzling money from the company. They don't have any money, and, and the company is in debt. And so they use that as an opportunity. Scrooge says, "We'll tell you what. We'll pay off his debt, and you give us the option to buy shares in this company up to a limit of fifty-one percent, which means they're going to buy all the shares and be controlling interests in the company." The movie also changes another uh, huge detail that gives us a lot more meaning is that um, we see a lot of the relationship between uh, Scrooge and his sister mm. when he was younger, his, his sister Fan. Yeah. Again, uh, giving him more humanity and having this relationship with a, a person uh, yeah. that is a normal person. Exactly. Uh, but we learn that Scrooge is, has been resented by his father mm. because when he was born, his mother died during childbirth. Yes, in- and then what happens with Fan is she suffers the same fate when she's giving birth to her son, Fred. Yeah. She dies during childbirth. And, you know, the the spirit at that time, it's this ghost of Christmas past, even points out you're doing the same thing that your father did to you because he resents Fred for this, for this thing because he yeah. loved his sister so much. It's an interesting detail, too. I mean, obviously, this was not in the original version. It's not in the book. It's crazy. But, it's such a good detail. But it's a neat detail because I wonder if this is where George R. R. Martin got, his, got this particular idea and it's why the character of Tyrion in Game of Thrones is a similar thing where his, he is, he, his birth killed his mother and his father blames him for that death. Well, I mean, look, can we just call him right now? All right, George. Hello, George R. R. Martin. This is uh, Jason from the podcast for Screen and Country. Hello. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, mm. I just wanted to ask you. Uh, yes. So you know how Tyrion's uh, Tyrion basically killed his mother, and yeah, Tywin blames him for it. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, uh, did you get that from the 1951 Scrooge starring Alistair Sim? Uh, yes. Uh, control C and Control V. I, I just took the whole script. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Martin. I appreciate your time. Yes. Is my accent accurate? Not at all. Okay. Well, it's very nice talking to you. It's been nice talking to you, Mr. Yeah, Martin. It's a, it's a good, a good day to you, sir. Yeah, good day, Mr. Martin. Thank you. Wow. What a weird guy. Yeah. Strange. He doesn't. He's American, so it's weird that he would talk like that. But you know what? Hey, people change. Hey, he's on a British film podcast. Mm. Like he's gonna. He's he's. He just to, wants to fit in. He's playing it up. That's okay? right. Just let him play it up. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. There's a lot of weird like differences in the book. Um, and also in the book, I guess Fan is supposed to be much younger than mm, Scrooge, mm. and her cause of death is never even mentioned. So we assume she just died because it was the Victorian era. People just, you know, people just died. It's like that shitty Western spoof that Seth MacFarlane made, um, Million Ways to Die in Victorian England. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking in that scene where he's like, "You can, you can literally die from coughing in the West." Yeah, like yeah. that's basically what it was back then. Yeah. You had a cough. Oh boy, you're on your last legs. Yeah, unless uh, even if you had the best doctors. <laughs> oh, she got a cough. She's coughing up blood. She's done. Yep. I mean, we talked a little bit about the, um, you know, the special effects, the sound design, and stuff. Mm. I want to play a little clip of the sound design. This is just when Scrooge uh, is first about to meet Jacob Barley. And the ghost of Jacob Marley. The ghost of Jacob Marley, who, of course, will int- tells him that he's going to be visited by three spirits. So just listen to a little bit of this scene because it's all visuals, but the sound is what kind of makes it. And we'll just, let's just take a wee listen, can we? Let's do it. Do you mind, Governor? Oh, these guys are back. Get out of here. We told you to leave. Oi! Prick! <laughs>
yeah so i mean that's a really cool use of sound because mm-hmm. it's got this build intention build intention i've never really quite heard anything like like that and, and certainly not in a christmas movie <laughs> you would expect that sort of approach yeah, for sure but uh, yeah, no, and, and then of course we have the look on his face that you, uh, the the listener, cannot see as we were watching it. But it's just yeah, his look of kind of confusion and terror, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, and I mean, there's some really cool just like visual stuff. Like I like how uh, when they're describing a passage of time, it's just that hourglass spinning yeah. in like the. I think it's like a. I, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it looks like a well. You mean when they're like, yeah, when they're transitioning between Yeah, places. yeah, yeah. It's like whenever they transition between flashbacks, it's just this hourglass spinning. It's yeah. almost like it's almost like a Saturday Night Live sketch. They're cutting to the stock footage so they have time to change the scene. Well, I mean, obviously Saturday Night Live is calling back to that style in those days as well. Like, because mm. that's how a lot of things were done back then. You know, these ideas, you know, you have to make a transition and they, that's what they came up with. I mean, Colgate Comedy Hour. That's right. The Slim Pickens. Well, shoot. That's my and, Slim Pickens. And... Richard, special guest Richard Nixon. Shock it to me. Shock it to me. I'm glad to be here on television as I love it. <laughs> America, America loves me. Why am I doing Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> I'm Richard Nixon. I wish they had gotten Jimmy Stewart for the Nixon movie. Ah, oh, I was so good. Take a seat, Frank Langella. That's right. Is that who played him? I yeah, think so. yeah Frost in Nixon. something, Frost Nixon. I don't know who played him in. Uh... Oh, is Anthony? Well, no, Anthony Hopkins played him in a different movie. Yeah, Hitchcock. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> oh, um, the other thing I really like the the um, the transitioning thing is when they uh, show um, advancing in the years. They just show people kind of turning record books over. Yeah. And it just says like the years on them, rather than saying like seven years later. Well, and also that scene is shows you how business starts to increase because you see the the ranges of the books change. Yeah. So it goes from like 1922 to 1927, then 1927 to 1932, and then 1932 to 1934, and then 34 to 35, and then a whole book that's 1935. So clearly their business has been increasing over the years, and it's yeah. at a point now where a whole year fills a whole book and then some. Yeah, it's, it's a really clever way of showing the progression of time and also like progressing the plot. Mm-hmm. So what do you so so what do you think of Alistair Sim in this movie? Let, let's get more into Alistair Sim as Scrooge. Well, I mean, at this point, he's like yeah, as we said, he's kind of become a definitive interpretation of Scrooge. I mean, Scrooge's been played by a lot of different people in a lot of different settings, but I think when people think to him, they think of this or again Uncle Scrooge. But that's different. That's a certain generation, certainly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, he's amazing. He's great. He's, it's that, that voice, you know, and he portrays that evil capitalist, you know, so. Effectively, it it is cartoonish uh, uh, a little bit early on, but yeah. it is. But I mean, that's Scrooge, right? That's what Scrooge has always been. It is sort of cartoonish, but I feel like Alistair Sim really gives him like a lot of layers. Mm. Like uh, this, this Scrooge is for me anyway. I thought one of the lesser cartoonish ones. Mm. Because, I mean, there's the very definition of cartoonish, Scrooge McDuck, because he is a fucking cartoon. I mean, and then, you know, I don't, again, I don't really remember Michael Caine much in Muppets uh, Christmas Carol. I'm assuming he was great. Oh, no doubt. Uh, And, you know, there's many, many, many other versions. I mean, Jim Carrey's was fine. Again, that movie's not great. But, like, I I feel like he gives, he makes him very well-rounded. At the same time as making him kind of over the top. He's a little bit over the top, but you can see, yeah, you can kind of see that he's not, there's more to him than that. Like, that's clearly his veneer. And clearly, as we learn through the movie, he comes from a place, that's not how he grew up. That's not how he was. I mean, to the point where, I mean, we get that great, one of the great scenes near the end of him 
realizing it's Christmas and mending his ways and scaring the absolute shit out of his housekeeper. Oh, yes, his housekeeper is, is I mean, yeah, and, and understandably so because it's so completely out of character for like this guy. Like blood-curdling screams. Yeah, she thinks she's going to die. She does think she's going to, she thinks he is fucking snapped and that is the end of her. Why don't we play that for the folks? Okay. Just listen to how crazy she gets. Tell me, what day is it? What day? What's Christmas Day, Costa? Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Then I haven't missed it. <laughs> the spirits must have done everything in one night. Of course, they can do anything, can't they? Of course they can. <laughs> Are you quite yourself, sir? What? I don't know. No, I... I don't think so. I hope not. What? <laughs> the curtains are still here. They're still here. You didn't you didn't tear them down and sell them. Hmm? They're, they're here now. Everything's here. I'm here. <laughs> and the shadows of things that would be can still be dispelled. And they will be. I know they will be. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm as light as a feather. Oh. I'm as happy as a I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. I'm as giddy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. I, I never oh. A Merry Christmas, Ebenezer! You old humbug! And a happy new year! As if you deserved it. Merry Christmas, Mrs. Dilber. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And many, many of them. Rockwise! <laughs> Look, Mrs. Dilber, there's the corner where the spirit of Christmas present sat. And there's the door where Jacob Marley's ghost came through. And there's the window where I saw the wandering spirit. It's right, it's true, it all happened to her. I don't know what day of the month it is. I, I don't know how long I've been amongst the spirits. I, I don't know anything. So yeah, you freak out too. Yeah, I, I, one technique I, I noticed of his, which is interesting, is that he's kind of having this breakthrough, breakdown, whatever you want to call it, and he's and he's doing this thing where he's sort of laughing, but he's like doing this fast inhale where he's going, like like when he's talking, he's constantly, he's quickly inhaling, and I'm wondering if that's something that because I have never had that happen as far as a, a, a crying breakdown goes personally. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Probably as a child I did, but yeah. But I was recently watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and there's a couple episodes in the sixth season where, where Avery Brooks, playing Ben Sisko, does a similar approach to a scene where he's breaking down. And, and, and it's in one episode, Waltz, where he's going kind of crazy talking to Dukat, and it's in another episode called Far Beyond the Stars, where he's playing another character who's dealing with the outcomes of racism, and, they, and he's having a breakdown very similar to that. And uh, I thought that's interesting. That's... Um, must be a common human emotion. So as I was led to understand by these humans. Wait, what? You know what? Don't, you know what? Forget what I said. Let's just talk about this movie, Brendan. This is a wonderful movie. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of moments of humor in this movie. Um, now I got a question. Obviously, this is 1951. The acting for, from some, maybe not Alistair Sim. I mean, we said he's his Scrooge yeah. is obviously meant to be a little bit over the top. Yeah. But I mean, there's a little bit over the top. Now, I don't know if I'm going to put this in the camp of schmaltzy. Mm. 
But, I mean, when we see the Cratchit family, it's very like, Oh, Father, ever so happy to see you. How's Tiny Tim? Oh, he's ever so happy. Yeah, and they're kind of like that. The the Cratchits are kind of like that in every version, to some extent. Um, And that's trying to be that contrast, I imagine, between Scrooge. That they're a loving family. They're excited to see each other. And they're trying to keep their spirits up. And this is important. They're trying to keep their spirits up in the face of Tiny Tim looking like things aren't going to be real good. Right. Because he walks with a cane. And as we know, in Victorian era, that means he's going to die. Any day. Any day. He's just going to drop dead. Do you think, though, do you think that takes away from the movie? No, not at all. I okay. think that that is very much in the vein of what's expected with a, a Christmas Carol-derived film. Yeah. I think there are some versions. Like, I think in the Jim Carrey one, and I know I'm going back to that a lot, <laughs> but I think in the Jim Carrey one, for example, they do play up the Cratchits really, like, like really schmaltzy, mm. whereas the rest of it is really, like, not that. Mm. So it really sticks out weirdly. Like, I know it's supposed to be a contrast from Scrooge, but in that one, it doesn't really fit the tone of the movie at yeah. all. And in this one, they are kind of, like... They they are kind of schmaltzy, but it also has like that dark undercurrent. Yeah. Like it's still like, you know, in the back of Bob Cratchit's head when he's like, oh, Tiny Tim looks like you're getting better. Yeah. You even have that great moment, uh, Hermione Baddeley, who again is wonderful. Our old movie. friend who's in this movie. She's wonderful. We didn't even go through the cast, I guess, yeah. but she's in this. And she um, and she has a great like silent moment where she reacts to Bob Cratchit saying like, you know, Tiny Tim's getting better every day. And she kind of just has a moment like... Yeah, well, look at her face tells yeah. us what's really going on. Yeah, she's like, yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. And it's another example of Hermione Baddeley just killing it with a tiny role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just, yeah, absolutely. So you'll notice in this movie, too, uh, not directly related to the Cratchits, but the young um, Jacob Marley that uh, uh, we see awesome. with young Scrooge is played by Patrick McNee, who would later go on to play John Steed in The Avengers, which was the basis for one of our favorite movies, 1998's The Avengers. Yeah. We love that movie, don't Great we? Great movie. But fun early role for him. I oh. actually, I was mistaken. I thought he played the one of the sons of the Cratchits, but that was not the case. He plays uh, young Marley. The wind gave me an erection. <laughs> oh my, Brendan. Best part of that movie. You ever felt a monsoon? Oh mm. my goodness. I was shaken, not stirred. Only we could have jammed Sean Connery in this movie somewhere. <laughs> You'll be vision to buy three spirits. <laughs> he would have been good as the ghost of uh, Christmas uh, present. Only because he had a beard? Yeah, and he looked jolly. Yes. Actually, he doesn't look jolly. What am I talking about? He's yeah. a grump. I wanted to, yeah, I think you mentioned too the special effects. Some of the special effects in this movie are really neat. Like, uh, when. Honestly, like. The, the, specifically when Scrooge gets walked through by his sister when he's like uh-huh. looking at like a scene of himself and he's in his younger self whatever she goes into the room and he's like oh my god it's you and then she walks right through him right and through. it's a pretty impressive piece of 1951 era uh, yeah. technology I mean that would have been tough to do in yes absolutely but it, it looked pretty good I mean, even the base things where, like, you see the ghosts, like, we see Jacob yeah. Marley come in, and you see that he's see-through oh, and stuff. Oh, the sound like, in that scene, the sound of the chains, the, chains, the echoing yeah, chains, it's, it's so, so good. Cool. Yeah, it's so, it's really well done. Um, and then, you know, of course, uh, the, d- during that Jacob Marley scene, he also showed, when he shows him all the tormented spirits, mm. and you see all these, like, yes. spirits outside, and it's clearly, like, you know, they put footage on top of yeah. the scene but it's just it's, it's really a, well done it's a real creepy looking scene there's also a really weird aspect of this and i want to bring this up because it's it's a weird bit of trivia but of all those tormented spirits for some reason these are supposed to be people that are dead yeah one of them is bob cratchit <laughs> and that's never been explained <laughs> so i don't know if it's a mistake 
They literally um, needed another body, and they're like, well, you're on set today. Just th- go stand there. Yeah, no, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a weird, it's a weird mistake. Maybe there's a Sixth Sense-style twist in this movie that we didn't see. Bob Cratchit is already dead. M. Night Shyamalan's A Christmas Carol. By the way, I would watch the shit out of that. I would watch that, yeah. I want to see what that is. <laughs> oh, my God. He didn't actually get visited by three spirits. The three, three spirits were people, and they got visited by Scrooge. <gasps> my goodness. It's full of stars. So yeah, and in, in, in the past, in the past, we is fun because we get to see not only Scrooge's mistakes, but we also get to see the times when he benefited from somebody being nice. Specifically, the idea of like Mister Fezziwig threw them a Christmas party at his job with very little money. With very little money, he, and they all had a great time. There was music, there was drinks. You know, it was all great, and it was it only cost a you know a couple pounds or something to do. And he's pointing that at Scrooge, like, "Come on, man! It's like you could have done something nice for your employees for a very minimal cost and made their Christmas, and instead you just." give them nothing yeah because not even a bonus because scrooge even points out like oh he did this for very little money and they're like that, yeah. that's what really speaks to scrooge is the I, fact uh, that it was so cheap uh, you heard yeah <laughs> yeah so, oh, well, if it had been that cheap perhaps i should have done something <laughs> something of an ogre perhaps i've been, perhaps i've been a grinch <laughs> uh, maybe i had my mind on my big dick for too long <laughs> well you know it makes sense to give people things because they don't like you and I don't mean give people things as in when I fuck them. Because <laughs> that's, that's giving them Jimmy's big kahuna. I mean, I don't care whether they like me when I'm done or not, to be honest. That's just what happened. When I'm out of juice, my mind is clear. <laughs> um, We're going to get sued by the Jimmy Stewart estate for libel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're big slander. Fans. They're big fans of the show. Oh yeah, um, but I want to go back to the humor a little bit. Can I play my favorite bit of like like funny moment from Please. the movie? And it's kind of dark. Yeah, but this is when uh, Scrooge. So we learned that Scrooge uh, Jacob Marley died seven years ago. Yeah. And we see the moment where Scrooge basically went to go pay his respects, mm-hmm. which, by the way, starts off with them going to Scrooge and telling him, like, Jacob Marley is on his deathbed. And he's like, well, the workday isn't over for another two and a half hours. Yeah, let me let, let me finish out here. Then I'll come over and see him. Yeah, and, and then he shows up and he sees The Undertaker, not Mark Callis. No. Or Mark Calloway, whatever his real name is. <laughs> mean Mark Callis, a.k.a. The Undertaker. Everybody's like, who the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? But he used to see uh, The Undertaker and... Um, and his uh, his assistant there, uh, bah, 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 bah. Kathleen Harris, whoever Kathleen... Mrs. Dibley? Mrs. Dibbler? Di- yeah, Mrs. His his housemate or her housemate? Uh, Mrs. Dilber, yeah. <laughs> okay. the, co- the Cockney lady we heard earlier yes. screaming. Um, but yeah, he goes and sees The Undertaker and Mrs. Dilber. And I just want to play this little exchange here because I it really... It's very funny. It tickled me. Who's that, the doctor? No, sir. The Undertaker. <laughs> you don't believe in letting the grass grow under your feet, do you? Ours is a highly competitive profession, sir. Is it dead yet? I'll have another look if you like. No, don't bother. I'll see for myself. <laughs> a highly competitive profession. It really is. I'm always. I, I always think of that. Uh, that reminds me of that scene in. I think it's a. Uh, uh, 
a fistful of dollars where he's walking up the center of town and the Undertaker starts to measure him. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, so I'll have a casket ready when you're done. <laughs> Undertakers always get good funny moments in movies. I, I can't think of that word anymore without thinking of the wrestler. It's just mm. not possible. I, I, can't, I can't disassociate that word from the wrestler anymore. Well, it, it, you, I guess you have to be a, you're a funeral director now. You're not an Undertaker anymore because the Undertaker has copyrighted that term. Um, I, w- I was expecting him to go up to the Undertaker and say... Uh, you're the Undertaker. I, I've, I want to remember Alec Guinness now. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, yes, I'm Alec Guinness and I'm playing Scrooge. And I just want to say that I heard you were undefeated at WrestleMania. <laughs> For a while until Brock Lesnar showed you a thing or two. We should do that. We should go back into old movies, but, but insert like uh, modern jokes for uh, modern viewers. We'll just redub those uh, scenes. Hey, Bells of St. Trinians, get ready. Get your mind blown. Oh, we're going to have a lot of Beyonce references. <laughs> who's, whose house runs house? <laughs> Going real current there 30 years ago. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone. Have you seen the latest film Crush Groove? We're going to update the... Now I'm Donald Pleasance. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to update the Bells of St. Trinians all the way to the 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a full Survivor soundtrack. How about that Steven Spielberg, huh? <laughs> he sure knows how to craft a film. It's burning hot. <laughs> it's the eye of the tiger. The... Play that when the when the bells uh, go have their uh, soccer match. <laughs> and they just beat oh, up everybody. And the Oscar for most inappropriate music cue goes to. We can do it. Ah, <laughs> uh, but um. So, I mean, we, we, we kind of touched on the uh, Ghost of Christmas Past stuff that he sees. Yes, uh, uh, Christmas Ric Flair. <laughs> That's what I said, too. <laughs> he had the schnoz. He had yeah. the Ric Flair schnoz. And the schnoz, the hair. Yeah, the hair was like a little long. and he But he was dressed appropriately fancy. Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah I... Jason, that's crazy. Because I said in an offhand comment that it was Ric Flair. And of course we both said that. Yeah, obviously. Um, Yeah, so Ghost of Christmas Past, a.k.a. Ric Flair. And then the Ghost of Christmas Present, a.k.a. John Goodman. Or Brian, uh, uh, what's the hell, the guy from... uh, Posehn. No, the guy from... James. No, the guy from uh, Flash Gordon. Brian. uh, He's a British guy. Very loud British man. Cranston. Brian Blah. Brian Blessed. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Thank you. Brian wait, Blessed. Wait, actually? Yeah, no, it actually is Brian Blessed. <laughs> just, just giving you different Brian's. <laughs> no, it's Brian Blessed. Big, fat, loud English guy. That He looks like the ghost of Christmas present. Okay, well, it's him. It, well, I don't know if Brian Blessed is quite that old. Jason, it's him. Okay. That means Brian, if he was 30 here, that means Brian Blessed is now, what, like 100 and... That'd be about 95, I'd say. An sure. old man. An old, <laughs> old man. Very old. But yeah, so and then of course, yeah, we get the go the ghost of uh, uh, Christmas present. I feel like as they go up, I mean, the ghost of Christmas has some dark stuff, but I yeah. feel like as they go up, it gets darker and darker. Oh yeah, definitely. Like the ghost of Christmas present, we see the Cratchits, and I actually do uh, want to play a little scene because we talked about the Cratchits, or like it's borderline schmaltzy. Yeah. Um, let's just listen to a little bit of them yeah. uh, in the present, and yes. then maybe we'll listen to them in the, in the possible future. Ooh. How did little Tim behave in church? As good as gold and better. Somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much and thinks the strangest things you ever heard. He told me he wasn't going to feel shy if people looked at him because he was a cripple, as it might be pleasant to them being in church to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. He's growing strong and hearty though, Martha, my dear. Isn't he, my love?
Tiny Tim live. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, none other of my race shall find him there. Oh, no. No. Kind spirit. Say that he will be spared. Why? If he'd be like to die, he'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. And so, yeah, so this scene, you know, it's, um, we learn a little bit about Tiny Tim's condition. Again, that's the great scene where Hermione Baddeley has that amazing facial expression Mm. when they ask about Tiny Tim or they mention that he's getting better. It's also the scene where Scrooge's words come back to him Mm. um, because he has that line at the beginning that I think is in pretty much every version of A Christmas Carol where he, where they say, you know, so-and-so is going to die and they say, well, he better get on it then and decrease the surplus population. Yeah. And of course, yeah, exactly. That comes back to bite him. Yeah. And the ghost says it back to him. And then of course there's a later thing where he shows him these two children named Ignorance and Want. Yeah. And they're very ghastly looking children. Ghastly, barefoot, dirty children. Yeah. And he says like, oh, aren't you going to help them? And his, and then the ghost says back to him his own words. Like, what about the poor houses? What about the workhouses? Mm-hmm. Or what about prisons? What about the workhouses? Are they not there? Yeah. And, and this is back in a time when like... Just being in debt was enough to send you to prison. And it was a terrible cycle because debt, sending a debtor to prison gives them no opportunity to pay their debt back. You should bring that back. Yeah, well, there there certainly has been talk of it, I have no doubt. Listen. Uh, in, the, in the insane post-capitalist world we live in, not even post-capitalist, like dying what? capitalist world. Listen, you people come to this country. <laughs> you come here. Why don't you just, why don't you just buy a couple of poppies, well, huh? That'll solve everything. Ah, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about hockey. Uh, no, no, we won't. <laughs> Fuck, Don Cherry. You know, I used to wear a hockey cap because I like hockey caps, and I have a team that I like, and I would wear that hat all the time. But I don't wear those hats anymore. And you know why, Brendan? Because mm. when you wear a hockey hat, people think you want to talk about fucking hockey. And the last thing in the world I want to talk about is fucking hockey. Now, was that on me? Sure, I've rectified the problem. Don't ask me about fucking hockey. Don't ask me about fucking hockey. That's We're right. Canadians and we don't give a fuck about hockey. I'll go so far as to say fuck hockey. Fuck hockey. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we well, alienate everybody. You know what? We we love hockey. We just we love it so much, and we love all the people who love hockey. It's their favorite sport. We we love. Yeah, oh yeah. We I love I love the the Michael Jordans and the and the. And the Tiger Woodses. Absolutely. Uh, Dick Trickle was my favorite hockey player of all time. Really, Dick Vitale was mine. There you go. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we like, we like different dicks. We like different dicks. That's fine. That's what, we have, that's what we're all about, different dicks. We should do a podcast called Different Dicks. And it would be like uh, comparing our favorite private eyes. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it'll go maybe uh, half an episode. Well, well, then we could also bring in our favorite Richards. Today's episode, Richard Nixon versus Richard Roundtree. Whoever's defending Richard Nixon is canceled. <laughs> I think Richard Roundtree could kick the shit out of Richard Nixon. Oh, let's talk about it. So we get one side, we get Richard Nixon's strengths are, he's a good liar. He's a good liar and you can grow a beard real fast. Then we got Richard Roundtree who was Shaft. Who's going to win? Okay, Richard Roundtree. There we go. Can you dig it? He's, sure. He's Booker T now. <laughs> I think Shaft asked oh, people wait. if they could dig yeah, stuff. He did. I'm, I'm pretty mean, sure Booker T stole that from Shaft. Listen, Booker <laughs> T invented a time machine. He, uh, or sorry, yeah, Booker T invented a time machine. You know, you know he, what? he invented a time machine and then he went back in time and he gave Shaft his catchphrase yeah. and he also gave the nickname to Booker T of Booker T and the MGs. Thank you. I was stuck on that premise. We're coming for you, Hulk Hogan. Oh, more references going right over people's heads. I sure hope so. Um, 
All right, so we listen to the family, uh, you know, kind of in the in, in, sort of a sort of a tough spot. Mm. But let's listen to them in the uh, as the as Scrooge sees them from the ghost of Christmas yet to come. So By this, the way, this is the most terrifying of the ghosts because this ghost does not it's, speak. It's death. It's death. It's it just has a black death. hood and a pointed hand. Yeah, which I was trying to find before we watched the movie. I was getting, like taking down some of the actors' names, and I was like, why is it so hard to find out who the who plays the ghost of Christmas yet to come? And I'm like, oh, because you see his hand. Yeah. Exactly. It's probably just a stagehand. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> like it's like a Russian dude or something. Like it's not I no. deserve more for that stagehand joke. Oh. Thank you. Let me give you a hand. That, even better. Hey, look at this. Look at us. Look at uh, us doing bits. Hand it to me. Hand it to you. Hey. Hey. You know, I learned today uh, from the Behind the Bastards podcast that Kaiser Wilhelm II of Germany kind of wanted to fuck his mother's hand. So uh, what I was going to play next is... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Cratchits. Okay. Um, in in the vein of when uh, Scrooge sees them from the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come. Now, is anybody fucking Mrs. Cratchit's hand? Uh, why don't we just take a listen to the clip right, and find we'll, out? We'll find out. No. So basically, it's not. It's okay. not a bad situation. Oh, okay. But basically, we find out that in this in this vision, uh, Tiny Tim has died, mm. and the family is mourning. And let's just uh, play. It starts with the brother uh, reading a bit of poetry as a psalm. Something yeah, like it's from the Bible, definitely. Yeah, it's it's a Jesus thing. Yeah. So That's... all you Jesus freaks, uh, let us know what this is specifically. <laughs> Stay alienating more and more people. Here we go. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrows that flyeth by day. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Shall I stop reading? No, no. It's only the color. It hurts my eyes. They're better now. It makes them weak by candlelight. And I wouldn't show your father weak eyes when he comes home for the world. It must be near his time. Past it, rather. But he seems to be walking a little slower than he used to these last few evenings. Oh, I've known him walk with Tiny Tim on his shoulder very fast indeed. So have I, often. But so have I, so have I. But then he was very light to carry him. His father loved him so that there was no trouble. It's so goddamn British, Brendan. Oh, don't show your father weak eyes. Mm. Weak guys, right? Yeah, weak guys. Don't, don't show, your, don't weak show guys. Your, for your weak guy friends all these little, these little fops you hang around. <laughs> Don't let your father see those fops. Yeah, I mean, Bob Cratchit, tough guy like him, he's not going to see a bunch of fops hanging around. <laughs> What's all this day? Look at all these fops. I'll get them back again, Jason. Look at you, me boy, and your weak eyes. Oh. Um, so, I mean, let's talk about the ending. All right. Because the ending is, I mean, he sees all this. He says, oh, I beg you, spirit, show me no more, show me no more. And he has this complete change of heart. Yeah. 
buys a turkey. Buys, buys a turkey. Gets a random a, kid. He's like, hey, go buy me a turkey. And, and if you're back quick, I'll give you uh, an extra... An extra five shillings or and something. Or half crown if you're quicker. Yeah, and, 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 and he, so he gets a turkey. He, gets, he sends that to the Cratchits, which they receive and, and don't know who sent it to them. But They never find out. They never find out you specifically. Never, you never see Scrooge going to the house and saying, like, it was me. Because no. I, I'm pretty sure in other versions you do see that. You yeah. see Scrooge eating with the Cratchits. No, in, in, the, in this version, Tiny Tim says it was Scrooge. And they're like, how do you know? And he's like, I just know. Yeah. And we he do just, have the Tiny Tim classic line from this film, God bless us, everyone. Which we do hear a little earlier in the movie. Yes. Yeah, it's not, no, well, not that did, I did make an appearance. Um, and, there, and the narrator repeats it at the end of the film. As Tiny Tim said, God bless us, everyone. That's right. Thank you, uh, whoever you're doing impression I, I don't even know <laughs> we've covered we've covered a lot of bases too many british people too many impressions it all runs into one well uh, let me tell you something jimmy what do you do i don't know hold on i just want to talk about the ending of this movie because i really like it you see tiny tim is the embodiment of scrooge's change in personality oh he is is he and uh what version of christmas carol were you in jimmy stewart i I was in It's a Wonderful Life. Which is the American Christmas Carol, really. So uh, listen to me there, Jason. So I just want to tell you something. Okay, Jimmy, go ahead. So, uh, I'm willing to listen to any man who bombed as many Germans as you did. Go ahead. So Tiny Tim was the only one optimistic enough to believe that Scrooge could be the one to suddenly be turned by the holidays. That's true. He was pure. Tiny Tim was the embodiment of Scrooge's change. And also the embodiment of all good that is Christmassy. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, Jimmy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go swing my hog around. You you do that. Uh, bye, Jimmy. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. It was a weird guest appearance, but all right. Hey, he's been popping in, but I always love Jimmy Stewart when he I hangs know, around. Nice. Rear window's a great movie. He teched, oh, this chair is warm. <laughs> he's a very warm ghost. Uh, so. Yeah, and so, like, you know, the holidays have always been known as this time of, like, you know, family and forgiveness. So even when Scrooge goes to, like, you know, he goes to visit Fred, he finally says, like, you know, i got to connect with my nephew. i got to, you know, see him. Because Fred's always inviting him to his house yeah. for, every year for Christmas, and he never goes. Because he's like, oh, why did you marry? You shouldn't yeah. have married. But he's because he's resenting him because, of course, we talked about his sister gave birth to Fred mm-hmm. and died during childbirth. Yeah. So, so here, here's a crazy thing, though. So he shows up, and what are they singing? They're singing the song Barbara Allen, which is like a tragic old Scottish song that, that connects to earlier in the movie when he'd heard that song right. uh, when he I think when he was a young man. But it's just a weird song. I mean, maybe it's tragic. It's supposed to refer to his sister, perhaps, and the loss of her. But I mean, we talked about the people that died in his life, but he also lost, like... I mean, we didn't really mention it, but he also lost, like, his, his girlfriend. Like, yes. his girlfriend, Alice, who... You know, they vowed their love to each other. They clearly are very much in love. And we see the scenes with him, her and George Cole. Mm. And then she kind of leaves him, which yeah. is kind of a unique way they did that. Which she leaves him because she's like, you're, you're clearly not. You're not the man you you're once not the were. man you were. And you don't, obviously, you can't love me anymore because you're a, such a different kind of, kind of person. Yeah, your only love is love of money. And seems. he's like, oh, am I? Okay, whatever. I'll go by. He's all about generating profit to no other end. Yeah. Um, I do like the nice little tie-in between the beginning and the end, too, because during the beginning scene where Scrooge is just walking through the streets, angry at the world, there's, like, a blind uh, blind kid, yeah. and he has, like, a seeing-eye dog yeah. with him, and as soon as Scrooge comes by, the dog is just like, fuck dog this. just fucking takes off. Yeah. He knows to get the fuck out of there. And at the end, when Scrooge walks by him, he gives him a little donation yeah. and just keeps walking. And the dog just lays there. Yeah. Because dogs, dogs can feel that. They know when somebody's dogs an asshole. Dogs can sense yeah. a lot. They're pretty smart. Dogs are pretty great. They are. 
I, I agree. Jimmy, go home. We know you love dogs. Listen, I, I've, I've, it's Christmas. I've been having a few drinks. Yeah, well, Jimmy, you know what? You're a war veteran. You're a veteran actor. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I respect you immensely. Yeah. But we're really in the middle of a podcast, oh. and we really need you to step back. Okay, well, I just want to say one more thing, okay? What's that? Merry Christmas, movie house. Merry Christmas, movie house. Merry Christmas, movie house? That's right. We're not movie house. We're for screening country. Oh, you know, I walked into the wrong podcast. Yeah, you better go. They're just down the hallway. The movie house down yeah, there? Yeah, they're just down the hallway. All right, I'll be right back. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, bye, Jimmy. Jesus Christ. Comes Christ by our podcast, doesn't even know our name. Christ. <sighs> you know, I've always heard he's a nice guy, but it's kind of ignorant. I used to like Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about the ending. Um, Why don't we just play the epilogue at the very end? Yeah, let's hear a little bit of that. Scrooge was better than his word. <laughs> He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city ever knew, or any other good old city, town or borough in the good old world. And to tiny Tim, who lived and got well again, he became a second father. Uncle Scrooge! And it was always said that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. And I talk about this movie being so parodied and, and, and done over over the years. And that even that specific narration, I remember, like, I don't know if it was on The Simpsons or something, but, you know, maybe Mr. Burns was even better than his word or something like that. Or was it even even possibly The Grinch was even better than his word? I think I it's, The Grinch reminds me a lot of yeah, that. It's like yeah. they say, it's how I grew three, two sizes that day. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Very much in that vein. So one wonders, like, that's the, that, that's the problem with some old stuff is that often, like, something like The Grinch will be parodying something in pop culture. Uh, that is then forgotten about in mm-hmm. some way. Now, obviously, this movie's not been forgotten about, but maybe that connection has. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just wrong. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to say that I'm not wrong? Mm. I just mm. need your reassurance. You're not wrong. It. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. <sighs> hey, what do you think, Jimmy? He's pretty wrong. Well, he's pretty wrong there. Why do they keep bringing Jimmy Stewart in here? Alec Guinness, you're here too. Yes, I figured I'd stop in. Alec, why'd you shut me out of Star Wars? Well, I didn't think there was a role for you. I, I asked them specifically if you would play uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, but Peter Cushing, he's a, he was a sort of a, uh, an asshole, I would say, and he grabbed that role. Grabbed it. I wanted to play Greedo. Well, I mean, perhaps we could work that out with digital technology. They're bringing James Dean back, didn't you hear? Well, let's let's take a road trip, Alec. Ah, and and then you, of course, will not shoot first, right? I don't get that particular reference. I'm not sure I do either. Let's go. All right, let's go. Jetpack. I haven't been on a road trip like this in a long time. A long time. Everyone with the jetpacks. And there they are. They're gone. To this the is. Sky. Just, did, can we lock the door? I think so. Like that's it. There we go. All right. Let's finish this fucking podcast. Well, <laughs> I do want to uh, talk about a few little facts about the uh, movie. Yes, please do. Um, for, before I do, though, do you have anything else you want to add about the movie itself? I mean, we'll get into the critique, obviously, but we'll uh, any other little things you want to point out? I just was happy Cratchit finally got his raise because he deserved it. He's a hardworking man. Okay, so Jason thinks this is a documentary. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. 
uh, I enjoyed the, uh, I always, I love the, the obvious shot of like, oh, Tiny, nobody ever says Tiny Tim's dead. It's just a shot of the empty stool with the cane is all we need. Maybe just he to, just left the cane there. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe he got better and they're just all sad that he left them because he didn't want to hang around these downers of people. It's like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. I'm going to make my own way in the world. And that little boy became J.P. Morgan. I don't know why, but I thought you were going to say that little boy became Steve Jobs. <laughs> Steve Jobs was a little older than we thought. Yeah. I don't need medicine. But hey, yeah, Steve, okay. you needed medicine. Anyway, let's go. Fruit doesn't solve your disease problems. Continue, Brandon. Let's talk about it. Yes. What do you got? Okay, so I want to say that the word humbug, which is said many times in this movie, mm-hmm. is misunderstood by many people. Ah. Um, it, because it, it kind of provides a key insight into Ebenezer Scrooge's hatred of Christmas. The word humbug describes deceitful efforts to fool people by pretending to a fake loftiness or false sincerity. Oh. So when Scrooge calls Christmas a humbug, he is claiming that people only pretend to be charitable and kind in an effort to de- uh, to delude him, each other, and themselves. Well, that makes more sense because I've always thought of humbug in the sense of just an alternate term for bullshit. Like if yeah. something is bullshit, you I mean, just, oh, that's humbug. I mean, it kind of is. And it is. It is absolutely. But but that is a very specific form of bullshit right. that he's talking about. Well, and it's not Penn and Teller bullshit. No. So in Scrooge's eyes, uh, he is the one man honest enough to admit that no one really cares about anyone else. So for him, every wish for a Merry Christmas is one more deceitful effort to fool him and take advantage of him. Mm-hmm. This is a man who has turned to profit because he honestly believes everyone else will someday betray him or abandon him the moment he trusts them. And I know that feeling. I've, I've in the past there's been periods of my life where I've thought that too. This idea of like, well, obviously emotion, this emotional shit is all bullshit, and everything else is what's real. And it's like, well, no, emotion is real. So the song is a few just like random facts here. The song that Mr. Jorkin whistles after offering young Ebenezer Scrooge a job mm-hmm. is the Lincolnshire Poacher, wherein a poacher sings about how much he loves unlawfully entering property and trapping game. Huh. Poaching also refers to the practice of hiring an employee away from a competitor, which is what Mr. Jorkin is doing with Scrooge. That's a real deep reference in a whistle. Isn't that great, though? <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a really cool thing. Uh, the other thing is the adorable young woman who, as Fred's maid, gives Scrooge silent encouragement to enter the parlor is Teresa Darrington. Alistair Sim was not as encouraging to her. Hmm. Uh, she stated that during filming, he asked sneeringly, is this your first film? Uh, she replied, no, it's my second. She retired from acting after this movie became an art teacher. Oh, wow. Damn. Damn, Alistair. Running, yeah. running young ladies out of the business. Come on. So here's the critique, Jason. No Oscars, no BAFTAs. No. Nah. Nothing. Um, but the film was released in Great Britain under its original title, Scrooge. United Artists handled the U.S. Re- US release under the title A Christmas Carol because no one knew who Scrooge was in 1951. The film was, uh, as I said, the film was originally slated to be part of Radio City Music Hall mm. as part of a uh, Christmas attraction, but the theater management decided the film was too grim and did not possess enough family entertainment value to warrant an engagement. Instead, the film pre- premiered at the Guild Theater on uh, in November of 1951. Reviews at the time were mixed to positive. Yeah. Uh, the number of critics remarking on how gloomy the film was compared to other renditions of the Dickens story. Bosley Crother, who we've talked about quite a few times, I think, of the New York Times, he said he said he really liked it. He said that the director has not only hewed to the line of Dickens' classic fable of a spiritual regeneration on Christmas Eve, but he's got some arresting recreations of the story's familiar characters, adding the visions of Scrooge's life story are glimpses into depressing realms and the aspects of poverty and ignorance in 19th century England are made plain. Boom. 
The Washington Post also was very positive, said um, this may not be a Christmas carol of recent tradition, but I, but I have an idea. It's the way Dickens would have wanted it. It's the way he wrote it. However, Variety was not so kind. Yeah. They said the film was a grim thing that will give tender age kitties viewing it the screaming memes. <laughs> and adults will find it long, dull, and greatly overdone. Well, I think they're wrong because I did not find that. No, I mean, it's only 90 minutes. Christ. 85. Yeah, it's not, not even, even 90. Uh, Time Magazine ran a mixed review criticizing the direction while praising the performances, which I think is crazy because the direction of this movie is one of the things that surprised me the most. Yeah, no, it looks great. Um, in Britain, uh, the monthly film bulletin was also mixed, finding the film as a whole lacks style, and that Alistair Sim resembled a, a dour dyspeptic. <laughs> uh, well, yes, okay, I get that. More a dour dyspeptic than a miser, but nevertheless concluded that the film may please in its good nature and reminder of Christmas joys, and much praise is due to Kathleen Harrison for her in- inimitable playing of the true Cockney. I think it's those silent film takes that make him look like he has indigestion. <laughs> Upset stomach diarrhea. Yeah, that's how that goes, right? And heartburn, heartburn. Upset stomach indigestion, heartburn diarrhea. I don't know. You know what? We're not here to advertise for Pepto Bismol. We're not. No. Oh, what are we here for? We're, We're here, here to for wrap movies. Up. We're here to wrap up Scrooge. Scrooge. 1951. Jason, what did you think of Scrooge? Liked it a lot. Liked the direction. Liked the acting. Enjoyed the performances all, all across the board. It's a solid movie, um, and I recommend it highly. If, if you like this story, this is a really cool take on it. Um, I really appreciate the horror kind of approach to filming it because it makes it look different than, uh, than other movies. I'm kind of interested to see how they would go about, because this movie was colorized in 1989 oh. during that period of Turner wanting to colorize shit. Oh. So I'd be interested to see that, to see how they go about doing it, but I feel like it would lose a lot in yeah, that transition. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff with the black and white. And yeah. actually, there's one thing I didn't even mention, but I actually, I, I found out about it and then I kind of rewatched the scene. There's a scene where Scrooge is being told that Jacob Marley's dying, mm. and the way the shadow is, there's a line right through the S in the door, so it's yeah. a dollar sign in Scrooge. <laughs> Very nice. Just as he's saying, no, we have to finish the business day. Yeah. It's a really nice touch. Um, so yeah, there's lots of things like that mm. that I would be horrified that would be lost. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I really like this movie too, and I'm going to take a step further and say I feel like there's no reason it shouldn't be on the list. No, absolutely. This I mean, is a Christmas Carol. This yeah. is a, this is a Dickens. I mean, we've got other Dickens on the list, but we don't have a fucking Christmas movie. I mean, you could probably argue that maybe this wasn't the best Dickens that he wrote, but uh, maybe. Uh, but this is a solid film that yeah, absolutely deserves a place on this list. I'm sure we could drop off English Patient and put it in there, <laughs> or Women in Love. But like, and we we also talked about you know we we mentioned before how there wasn't a Christmas movie on the list, and we kind of said like, oh well, we're not sure what it would be mm. like you know. Maybe there isn't like a Christmas movie to put on the list, but having seen this, I'm actually a little surprised that it's not on there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a technically very well made movie too. It's not even just the acting, but it's like it's it's masterfully crafted it's, yeah and it, was bells of saint trinian's the only film on that list that featured alistair sim ah uh, i'm not sure maybe mm. if so that's a weird choice for the one alistair yeah. sim film yeah um i guess bells of saint trinian's has a little bit of a legacy too i mean yeah. so does a christmas carol like certainly. you know well but i mean the it, christmas carol certainly but that's one of many i mean bells of saint trinian's started its own franchise one so. of many but i mean one of the few true british film yeah. versions so yeah I don't know. I, th- I think I think it should have a spot on Absolutely. this list. Put a Christmas movie on the goddamn list. And put this movie in your hearts, folks, because it's a solid watch at Christmas time. And Alistair Sim is wonderful. He's great. And George Cole, we didn't talk about yeah. a lot, but he is also He's not in it a amazing. whole lot, but he is great. He's great. He, he really portrays young Alistair Sim very well. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So that's our verdict. That's so our verdict. Watch this fucking movie, folks. Take it and put it in your pocket. Enjoy it. And buy some penny candy. Delicious Victorian era penny candy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jason, we're coming up to another spot here on the show. We we're gonna we are going to go away for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but we are going to come back in January with uh, one last Brit pick. Yes, it's the audience Brit pick. I was waiting for you to... Brit pick! Okay. Brit pick! Okay. Just, just, just calm down, please. Brit pick! You good? Brit pick. Okay, I'm good. Okay. Brit pick. I'm done. <laughs> it's the audience Brit pick. And it's... Um, so we should we should give a little behind the scenes. We recorded us rolling the dice. Yep. Basically, we took 10 of our audience suggestions. Mm-hmm. 10 that we kind of narrowed it down to ones yep. that we thought were the most interesting. Or one, ones that we wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, ones that we, did, we knew we wouldn't hate watching. Yeah. And we rolled the dice, and we got one of them. And we recorded it, and let's just say it doesn't sound great. No. Um, the audio didn't, and it's my fault. I'll yeah. take full responsibility. If you heard last week's episode, you'll know why. Yeah, and I do apologize for that. Uh, it's a mistake. It happens. Jason was, what did you say? You were in a bottle? I was I was in the bottom of a well. Yeah, bottom of a well. <laughs> uh, we took Lassie over to save him. He's fine now. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, I mean, the audio wasn't the best, so we did record the dice roll, so you're just going to have to take our word for it. Unlike the other podcast that I have where we tell you not to take our word for it. We rolled number six on the dice. Six, which we, um, uh, so it's under the skin. Jonathan Glazer's under the skin, just in time for Christmas. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, as you'll know, we, uh, a couple weeks ago, listened to, uh, uh, or what, rather, you listened to, we watched uh, Sexy Beast, Jonathan Glazer's first uh, feature yeah. film. So, we're going to his third feature film. So, now, we're, yeah, we're going to watch his third feature film guess, starring Scarlett Johansson. I guess at some point we got to watch Birth. Why not? We'll, we'll figure out a spot for it. <laughs> it's on the BFI, the next update. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so next, so not next week, but in three weeks, we are going to talk about the film, uh, Under, the film the Under the Skin, thank you, Jonathan Glazer's third film, uh, starring Scarlett Johansson, and I don't want to say a whole lot more, Jason's never seen it. I haven't, I know of it, and I, I have an idea of it, but I just remember it being a very divisive film when it came out, so I'm interested to see how I'm I really, like it. Yeah, I'm really curious how this goes. So there's not going to be a couple... The next couple of weeks, there's not going to be full episodes. I mean, there'll be something, though. So definitely come back next week for something. Check your feeds, folks. Quick little thing. Uh, but other than that, I think we should wrap this up. So I'll say that if you want to find us on the social media, you can do so by going on Facebook and searching for For Screen. And Country. And you can also find us on Twitter at BFI underscore pod. You can also find Jason on Twitter. At Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. And you can follow him on Twitter and learn all about his past exploits with ghosts of Christmas past. It's been a lot. There's been many of them. It's been. A, I mean, I've been, I've been alive for 36 years, so that's got to be at least 34. Every visits. time Jason goes to sleep, he actually gets visited by the three ghosts. They, they keep trying to make me a better person every year, and it just never takes. It just never works, despite their best efforts. So with that being said, Jason, I have one thing to say to you. God save the queen. God save the screen. And for Screen and Country, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, folks. Happy holidays. Anything you want. We're saying it to you right now. If uh, if you're Jesus, or if you're anybody else that has a birthday on the 25th, happy birthday. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight.
yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on our troubles will be far away Here we are as in olden days Happy golden days gone by. Christmas bread pack! Bread pack dash Christmas! You give me a couple options? Christmas hat bread packs! Bread pack Christmas! Your Lord and Savior says bread packs! You good? You got your, you got your takes in? Hark the Herald bread packs! Holy shite. <laughs> Good. Uh, silent night, holy nipper Okay, I can't use any of those because you keep banging up against the dresser. <laughs> bread pack. Have Christmas. yourself a merry little bread pack. Pick a bread for your family. From now on, they'll only watch movies from across the sea. Brit Picks, you've been forced to watch Brit Picks. Movies that are not on this list, but that we like, or other people chose. We don't even know. That's the joy of Brit Picks. Flying through the air, Brit Picks. Unavailable on Blu-ray, Brit Picks. My God, it stinks in here. Oh, don't do a podcast with Brendan after he's drunk a number of beer. So I was out with this girl the other night, and she said that she hated Star Wars. Can you believe that? I could top that. My latest date told me he didn't like black and white movies. What? Do you have a movie deal breaker? Is there a film you love so much that if your significant other didn't like it, it would be Splitsville? We're dating hosts Greg and Lauren and in our podcast, Movie Date Night, we introduce each other to our favorite movies and see if our relationship can survive. And if our partners appreciate the movies as much as we do. Find us wherever podcasts are available and follow us at Movie Date Night on Facebook or Twitter to talk movies with us. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies with a one last plot holes are gratuitous boobies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy at eilfm.podbean.com.